You're listening to the Alpha Man Project with your host, Ted Rice. Would you like to be bigger, leaner, and stronger? Do you want to develop the confidence to go after what you want in life? Or how about becoming the man that women want to be with? It doesn't matter if you're a successful CEO or working 9 to 5. We're here once a week to empower you to reach your full potential so you can live life on your own terms. You deserve greatness. Now it's time to make it happen. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to the podcast feed. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Find it all at alphamanprojects.com. Now back to the show. Mark, that is probably the coolest craziest discussion I've ever had about martial arts and I've been in martial arts for over 20 years that was just (laughs) amazing listening to you man and I know exactly what you're talking about how it's not just imitating the physical movements of the animal in like the kung fu or imitating those archetypes in a physical way but it's actually getting into their energy and maybe tapping into something different in our mind through that is just unbelievably cool and something I wanted to ask you about just listening to you talk I read something earlier today actually a guy was talking about how men needed to be warriors and they, they need to learn how to defend themselves they need how to get stronger physically all things I agreed with but Someone kind of commented on this guy's article and said, yeah, but you know what? There's warriors, but then there's other types of people. And so it doesn't necessarily, there's all types of different people. And my question to you, Mark, with everything that you've learned and everything that you've been through is how much, because some of the listeners that are listening to you and I discuss this stuff, they maybe have never done martial arts. I personally and for it, I think everybody should get in touch with that side. But does that really make us a man? Are there other ways to tap into that side? What do you think of the necessity of learning those characteristics and mental training through martial arts? Should everybody do it? It's a great question. Not necessarily, but also I think we have to redefine what people are thinking about in terms of martial art. I teach people self-defense. I've got women who train with me, all sorts of different body types and careers. And many of them, these people, no interest in being a military person, don't see themselves as hardened warriors in the classic. But what they don't want to be is a victim. They don't want to be a statistic and they don't want to be scared. Right. They don't. And this world is really sketchy at times. It's chaotic. It's getting even more chaotic and systems and things are breaking down as new things are created. And I think it's important for everyone to be able to essentially take care of their own shit, take care of their own business, take care of themselves, take care of their families. Of course, kids need to be protected too. And so if you're a mom and you can't protect your kids, then you're ever going to be in fear. And guess what? The violent elements of society prey on those who are fearful and those who shirk from this idea that I'm talking about, that it's okay. You don't have to be a violent person to learn how to defend yourself. And learning how to defend yourself can be done in a few short weekends. And everybody, you've got an entire life ahead of you that could be snuffed out in a moment by some jerk who preys on you you would think that they would take a little bit of time to learn how to defend themselves. And so that's what I'm talking about. Does that mean if you don't do it, you're not a warrior and you're a bad person? No, all I'm saying is you're at much greater risk. You're not gonna be as confident. You're not gonna walk 
through life with a confidence that you deserve, it's probably going to hold you back in other areas because you're going to shirk from certain things and taking risk that you could, if you knew you could defend yourself, you knew you could move through challenging situations with grace. And also you might be a burden on society or your family if you don't take action to learn how to defend yourself and to be there for your family and for your kids. And so for me, it's just recommended, right? I'm not trying to force people into becoming warriors if they don't identify with that, but you don't have to be a warrior to learn how to defend yourself, to be durable in society. And I think it's just important and it makes people feel better about themselves. You know, it's kind of like the discussion about learning how to shoot a weapon, Ted. Like, I think everyone should learn how to shoot a weapon. I have this discussion, even my own family. My wife has no interest in learning how to shoot a weapon. So I'm not going to drag her out to the range and force a weapon into her hand. Having said that, I really wish she would learn how to shoot a weapon because I think it's a valuable skill. But it doesn't mean that she's going to be going out shooting rounds every weekend at the range and all of a sudden she's going to become some conservative gun nut. No, it's just basically a good idea to learn how to defend yourself and your family from violent elements. I'll tell you something, Mark. Like I said before, I have this background in martial arts and I've lifted a lot of weights, but I recently started taking up learning handgun, right? Learning the handgun. And I'll tell you why, because it kind of scared me, even though I kind of grew up shooting every once in a while with some of my friends. I hadn't done that in a long time and it kind of scared me. And I ended up taking some tactical classes and I'm not great or anything, but it's like, you know what? I have a new skill. I know how to handle a gun. Like before I'd be so nervous. I'd even handling a gun. I'm like, is it unloaded? Is it unloaded? But really being almost anxious about it. I'm sure you guys, when you do your firearms training, you are super careful, but I just had an a lack of confidence and anxiety about it. Now I don't really have that anymore. Like I know it's unloaded, I've checked, I recheck, but I don't have that same level of anxiety and lack of confidence. And I'm a more confident person as a result. And just learning those skills and being able to defend yourself, I love how you put that. And man, now I'd like to go into your unbeatable mind training because we've talked a lot about your SEAL training and what you learned from your experiences there. We've talked martial arts, probably one of the coolest discussions I've ever heard on martial arts ever listening to you. But now I'd like to go into the things that you teach people who aren't badass martial artists and badass Navy SEALs. Like I heard a great story in your way of the SEAL where you were talking about how a guy was, I think he was repelling when you're repelling down a mountain, you have a line on you. He lost control, started freaking out. And then you talked him through it. You're like, listen, stop freaking out, get it together. And then after that, you successfully talked him through and he successfully got mastered his emotions and got through it. He was a different person afterward. Right. Yeah. There's so much going on there. First, you know, he was embracing a challenge that terrified him, right? Now he was doing it in a controlled environment because obviously we knew what we were doing and leading people through repel training was something we've done many times. But for him, it was a new experience. And so anytime you face a challenge, especially one that entails some high level perceived risk, then it's such a ripe opportunity to grow. Second thing to be aware of is that growth happens at all levels and sometimes in ways that we're not aware of or ready for. You know what I mean? And that's why they're so powerful. 
That's why, again, I highly recommend the people in my individual mind is step out and do something challenging every day, every week, and every month because the learning happens in surprising ways. And all of a sudden, you look back after six months or a year and like, holy shit, I'm a completely different person. And it wasn't linear growth, right? It's kind of exponential growth. And so this guy had an exponential moment when, you know, he flipped upside down on the rock face and all of a sudden all his fears seemed to be coming true. Like he literally thought he was dying. He was going to die. And so... It was a scary moment for us too, not because we thought he was gonna die, but because of all of his peers watching us or the leader of the group watching us and wondering, okay, what are they gonna do? And their knee-jerk reaction was, holy shit, get him down. Right. And I had to resist everything in my body. Part of me was saying, okay, our credibility's on the line. If we don't pull this off, it's over, right? Literally, the business is over. My career in this team building is probably over. And yet at the same time, the other side of me was saying, this is the most amazing learning moment that this guy has probably ever had in his entire life. He's shied away from this type of challenge. He's shied away from risk. And here he is facing this amazing opportunity to grow and to learn. And so I said, okay, here we go. Instead of sending my guys scrambling up the rock face to pull him off, and so he walks away with his tail between his legs, I held him back and said, okay, we're going to get through this because you're going to get through this. And in order for you to get through this, you've got to get control of your mind. In order to get control of your mind, you've got to get control of your breathing. So take a deep breath now, right? And he's listening to me because he thinks he's going to die. So he's listening to me. He starts breathing deeply. And I inform him to breathe through your nose, breathe deeply, take another breath. And I breathe with him. And I was like 50 feet below him. So I'm screaming at him. And so he's starting to breathe, starting to breathe. And he's calming down a little bit. And now I'm talking with you. I said, okay, the way you're going to get out of this is to take action. And it's got to be bold and swift, but it's very simple. All I want you to do is focus your mind on basically just pushing your feet out. Now, imagine he's upside down and backwards. you got to basically push against your feet and come to a sitting position again. And the ropes will hold you. And then you'll be in a position where we can lower you down. And so he finally, after with the breathing and me talking through him, he's getting control of his mind. And also I was telling him time and again that the only way out of this, right, is for you to take action and to save your own life, right? I basically put it all back on him. said, it is up to you, right? You cannot rely on me right now because you're basically on your own is what I was telling him. And that was a little scary, but he had to come to this realization that it really was up to him. And if he was going to get down, then he'd better take action and face that fear and starve it out and feed the courage dog. And sure enough, you know, he gave a massive push with his feet and he swung up to a sitting position and my team quickly repelled him down. And man, he was crying and he was hugging me. It was just an amazing, powerful moment for him. Of course, and we debriefed with the whole team. There was a lot of processing, obviously, that went on with that amongst the team. The company didn't hire me back, I will say that, because I think they just didn't know what to make of that whole event, right? It was an intense moment for everybody. But the guy, as you alluded to earlier, was transformed by it, right? And he became more confident and he had this story to tell that was super powerful and he came out on top. He was the victor. It was pretty neat. Yeah, wow. That's just even cool just hearing you talk about it. Oh, man. And you know what? I think that's an example for all of us to follow because he wasn't really facing death. He was okay. He wasn't going to die. You just would have lowered him down. He would have been fine. Right. But just the fact that he got in control of his emotions and 
we just don't learn how to do that anymore. Nobody right. taught me how to do that until I got right. into martial arts. And I'm lucky to have had that. And just like you're lucky to have had all that martial arts training before you got into the SEALs. Right. And man, let's talk more about the unbeatable mind. Like, what do you do there besides those types of things that can really transform a person? Yeah. First, I want to kind of follow up with what you just said. So many people torpedo their own success because of lack of emotional control and the inability to change or transmute emotions like fear and maybe a sense that they're not capable or they're not worthy and transmute that into focus and determination, right? And emotional drivers that lead to success. And so, so many people get to the one yard line of a project or a, a mission and then they literally torch themselves, right? They fall back or there's some subconscious thing that triggers a failure event or what they perceive to be a failure event. And that's one of the things that we try to overcome in Unbeatable Mind is to really understand what's driving you. What kind of subroutines and you know, patterns and what kind of dances do you do that are driven by your subconscious belief systems and your rutted behaviors that also have an emotional component that lead to these failures. So that's one aspect. And so what we do is we train people in five capacities that will get at this issue from multiple angles, right? Because like I said, it's difficult to take an individual and say, okay, we're going to train you emotionally, but then to separate them from the body and from the mind, right? And it's difficult to train the mind and separate it from the body and the emotions. And none of them really are you able to develop without getting your spirit into the game because that's basically who we are, our intent and our willpower and our warrior spirit, our non-quitting spirit, and however you want to define that word. And so in Unbeatable Mind, I develop, we seek to develop you in what I call these five mountains, our physical development, functional fitness, and physiological control, and mental development, which is mental control, focus, concentration, cognition, creativity, right? And then tapping into a broader concept of mind and then emotional development, which includes understanding our emotions, understanding what's driving us at those deep layers and getting control of the negative things and transmuting them to positive and really ensuring that your emotional life is supporting you and not getting in your way. And then the fourth is intuition, really tapping into your belly, you know, the seat of intuition, and learning to trust your gut and learning to speak the language of intuition, which is imagery and sensations. And then the fifth is what I call Kokoro, which is really heart, mind, spirit, for lack of a better way. It's a Japanese word that literally means to merge your heart and your mind into actions. It can also mean warrior spirit, learning how to connect with your heart, opening up, entering or adding the heart's intelligence to the decisions you make and to the energy that you put into relationships and into projects, right? And so that would develop a uh, sensitivity that is uncommon and it develops a non-quitting spirit because first of all, when you're connected with teammates at a heart level, then you literally, as we learned in the SEALs, you will lay down your life for them if the cause is strong enough, if the cause is right. Like my friend Glenn Doherty, who was one of my coaches, was in Benghazi and he fought to the very end to save 18 American lives in the embassy over there. And that was Kokoro spirit. 
through and through. So that's what we try to develop, Unbeatable Mind. And I outlined the whole philosophy in the book, Unbeatable Mind, which is available at Amazon. But the training is done over 12 months. It's an online program. And many of the people then, you know, will also participate in seal fit training at some level because I encourage them to start moving their bodies functionally. And, and uh, you know, so we use CrossFit and we use seal training methods and you just start doing that. And next thing you know, you're training your body and then you're training your mind. And I've got emotional development tools and practices. And I've got a yoga component, which develops intuition and that Kokoro spirit. I've got visualization training and it's just very, very integrated. It's cool. Cause I have people tell me successful executives or something say, yeah, this program has been what's really made the difference for me and kind of shifted things because I've done CrossFit, let's say, and I've done yoga and I meditate, but I couldn't really figure out really how to get it all to work together. But with Beetle Mind, it's a truly integrated program and they get how when you train in an integrated fashion using these tools that have been around for a long time but have been steeped in other cultural traditions. Now, we just take the weirdness or mystique out of it, I guess, and I'm presenting it to you as a Western tool, as a, an American kind of martial art, so to speak. All of a sudden, it all starts to click, right? And it starts working for them. Yeah, that's so cool. And I love how you talked about Kokoro merging the heart, mind, and spirit. And although that may sound a little metaphysical or airy-fairy, a lot of us are thinking, oh, well, I need to, like, just to give your example, oh, I need to be an MBA and a CPA and make lots of money so I can drive a nice car so everybody thinks that I'm successful. But your heart was telling you something different from all your training from martial arts. And yeah, so what happened was you merged everything into becoming a Navy SEAL. When that wasn't right for you, you left that and started what you're doing now and you're helping SEAL candidates be more successful at becoming Navy SEALs. We didn't even get into that. There's just so much to talk with you about, Mark. You're just doing all (laughs) these amazing things and we didn't even get into the SEAL fit either. But yeah, the unbeatable mind. Just to be clear on that, you said it's an online program. It's a book that you guys should absolutely read number one, but two, it's a online program. And is it something that we can go? Is it a seminar or a course? Well, it's delivered in monthly lessons. So it is digital. Occasionally I run one day seminars and I'm working on shifting that to be more of like a mastermind group where folks can work with me directly. But that model is evolving. And then we recently launched a seal fit online training program at sealfit.com S E A L F I T. And that is kind of a, the physical and mental training and the highest level of that includes unbeatable mind. So that's really probably the coolest thing that we've done is like combined where we finally combined it all. So you do full five mountain training. It's a lot of information. And so it's something that you basically dip your toe in and start the training. And then you got to do a good assessment of where you're at physically. And then I teach you how to weave in the mental, emotional, intuitional, and spirit training through morning and evening rituals, through spot practices, through challenges, going after challenges, through understanding more deeply your purpose in life. And it's pretty neat. And so you can be approached from a standpoint of just accelerating your growth. It can be approached from a standpoint of becoming a better performer at a job that you love. Or it can be approached from a standpoint of transformation and using it to literally accelerate yourself toward a new career, new ways of living, newness, right? Transformation. Very cool. And wow, guys, you can go online and work with 
Mark's program, the unbeatable mind, and you can go to sealfit.com and be part of that and get these great lessons that Mark has spent his life sort of unfolding and packaging up from you from all these warrior traditions and from all his SEAL training. I can't think of anything cooler than that, man. That's just amazing. And Mark, before, I know you have to run, you're a super busy guy, but before you run, I'd like to hit you up with the alpha round where I ask you questions and you just answer them in off the cuff, concise way. You ready for this? Sure, go for it. All right. So what does it mean for you to be an alpha man? I'm not sure I am, but that would mean is essentially to live your life to your fullest. Don't leave anything on the table. The time for leaving things on the table is over. We all need to step up to our full potential. I believe we kind of need to upgrade our personal operating system so that we can be more effective in a world that is accelerating and provides unmeasurable abundance if we're willing to reach out and tackle it. Wow. And I love your modesty there, Mark, because, man, I hope you're an alpha man, because if you're not, I'm way down on the totem pole compared to everything that you've accomplished. So we'll just say that you are. We'll say that you're the model right here of alpha manliness. So the second one is you graduated top of your SEAL candidate training. What was it that you think made you number one? A few things, Ted. One is I went into SEAL training with my mind prepared, knowing that I was going to be a SEAL. I had already won in my mind. I visualized deeply for an entire year prior to the SEAL. I visualized myself succeeding. I visualized myself as a SEAL. I saw it happen. I saw myself winning. And I came into the training as a result of that with the sense that it would already happen. And when I started training, I had this kind of, I've been here, done that feeling. Secondarily, I showed up every day with a smile on my face because I was so happy to be there because it was so much better than being a CPA and crunching numbers. And I couldn't believe I was getting paid for it. And I was just thrilled, right? And whereas most people showed up with a sense of fear and intrepidation and anxiety, and they were feeding the fear wolf every day, I showed up with a sense that this is great. This is an amazing experience. I love this. I'm running on the beaches in San Diego and swimming in the ocean and the sun's out and it's just awesome. And so that idea of just maintaining a positive attitude and a smile on my face in spite of the hardships had a huge effect on both myself, my psychology and physiology and those around me and my teammates as well as the instructors. You gotta remember the instructors are looking for their teammates and they wanna be around positive people. They wanna be around can do, not can't or won't. And so those two things, winning in my mind and showing up and putting out 100% every day were really kind of probably the most important factors. Wow, that's awesome. And you talk a lot about the courage wolf and the fear wolf. What are those? It's a metaphor. Courage wolf is essentially the metaphor of your deep level of wisdom and competence that you have that comes from tapping into your heart's intelligence. So courage wolf lives in your heart. Fear wolf is the limiting wolf of the judger, the analytical perfectionist, and fear wolf lives in your mind. And fear wolf is never going to be happy, never satisfied. You can never feed fear wolf enough. Most people spend their lives focusing on fear wolf. And as soon as you flip on the TV network news, fear wolf is getting a huge juicy steak, right? When you engage in gossip, fear wolf is getting a nice little treat. 
And when you gauge in any type of negative thinking or obsessive thinking or just overthinking, Fear Wolf is getting fed. And so my belief is that we've got to starve fear and feed courage. And as we do this, then our self-esteem, our optimism, our confidence, our courage, and just ability to just go forward and kick ass and take names goes through the roof. Wow. So starve, fear, feed, courage. That's so powerful, man. And what's one thing that you can tell listeners to do today to start being that man in their life, to start taking charge of their life? I would say to begin to train in a more integrated fashion, meaning don't just go to the gym to train your body. Go to the gym to train your body, your mind, your emotions, and your spirit. And to elevate training to the same level as eating and sleeping. So we eat to survive, we sleep to survive, and we train to thrive. And so stop looking at it as just working out. Stop looking at training as just working out or looking good in a bathing suit or going to the next swim meet. Start looking at training as an essential discipline that is going to help you evolve to be the highest and best alpha man that you could be. Wow. I love that. Too many guys are just pumping up their buys and tries and chests before they go to clubs so they can hook up with some chicks. And that's okay if you're like in your teens and maybe early twenties, maybe, but it's time to step up from that. And so glad that you had that message and shared that with us today, Mark. I usually ask for book recommendations, but there's none needed today. Guys, go out, get Unbeatable Mind from Mark. Check out his Seal Fit, eight weeks to Seal Fit. And Mark, give yourself a plug, man. Where would you like people to find out more about Mark Devine? I would segment it. So if you're an executive or leading a company, the book Way of the Seal is fantastic. I think you really enjoy it. It's built for leaders and it's really to help you kind of understand how to take it up a notch as an authentic leader. So the Way of the Seal and kind of encapsulates some of the training in the Unbeatable Mind program. The Unbeatable Mind book is really the underlying philosophy. That's a great book if you really want to just learn about the Unbeatable Mind program and the structure of what it is that we teach and it's got a ton of great stories in it as well if you're thinking about physical development and you want to step it up then eight weeks to seal fit is is a great place to start and they have similarities in these books but they're all very very different and they complement each other and if you're super inspired to just get busy then go visit seal fit and check it out and check out some of the videos they're all really cool and very inspiring check out some of the training that we do like our three-day academy our one-week academy our 50-hour coral camp, Ted, that's 50 hours of nonstop training, which is kind of modeled after Hell Week. Wow. And a great place to start if you really want to do the training is starting the SealFit online training program. And it's all described on the website. So go to SealFit.com. Awesome. Mark, yeah. thank you so much for sharing your time today, sharing your wisdom, your knowledge. I'm just super grateful and just blown away by listening to all your insight and wisdom of everything that you've accomplished and everything that you've been through. Thank you so much, man. Who ya, Ted? You've reached the end of another episode of the Alpha Man Project. Connect with us at alphamanproject.com. Your feedback is really important to us. It helps us learn, develop, and most importantly, improve our podcast for you. Give us a review on iTunes and receive a free grocery shopping list and four-week muscle-building workout. See you next episode.